0: Welcome to ATRA, Voices from the Field. This sustainable agriculture podcast is presented by the National Center for Appropriate Technology with support from USDA Rural Business Cooperative. Carrie Jr. is my name. Uh, I'm with SIMPA, which is Southeast Michigan Producers Association, which is a black rural farmer cooperative located uh, outside the city of Detroit with the uh, mission of uh, getting their produce into the city of Detroit, targeting specifically the food insecure areas.
1: Cool. Oh, that's awesome. Do you have a lot of farmers? Like, how big is this organization? Uh,
0: we, again, we, we, we started about four years, four and a half years ago. Uh, we have a board of seven farmers, um, with probably two of them very enthusiastic about moving forward. But another 35 on the outskirts is waiting to see what's going to happen. Nobody, you know, nobody wants to jump forward until they see something move. <laughs> so, that makes
1: uh, so much sense, unfortunately. And,
0: yeah, and they have they range anywhere from
1: two acres to you
0: know, 180 acres, almost 200 uh-huh. acres. Yes. Then, so then the whole idea is getting them to uh, we, we collaborate because if we talk about trying to get into markets, you're going to need consistency. You're going to need capacity. Yep. And, the whole idea is we're trying to get them to understand, working together. So if the guy with two acres has two acres of tomatoes, and the guy here has 70 acres and I need 72 acres of tomatoes, we're able to get it through those farmers, and they both get the benefit. But So that's, that's the, the challenge of what we're going through now, trying to get them to understand how it works, how, how cooperative works.
1: So was this all, you, you founded this organization? Well, one of One of
0: the founders. founders.
1: Uh, Where did the idea come from?
0: Well actually, there was an organization, there was an uh, organization attempt with these same farmers uh, prior, probably prior 15 years before I was there and they were just sort of lingering around. Uh, the attempt again was to try to organize the farmers to be able to take care of, to take uh, advantage of USDA programs. And, and I, again, I don't know all the history, it's just that I happened to stumble upon them when I had a farmer's market looking for producers. And I realized that, the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the value, the value, was I realized that they, you know, they had the potential of doing a lot if they were working together. So anyway, so uh, the first organization I guess apparently wasn't that successful getting work together. They all knew each other, but just like with me, they just sort of stood on the on the outside. But the indication I got before the that they really weren't going to go any further because they didn't feel comfortable with the the original organization. So out of that, what I decided to do, I first initially worked with the other organization, but then I. Realizing there were some of the issues that were going on, so I said, you know what? Let's, let's step aside and let's try to do something, just uh, do something different. And actually, what I ended up doing is with the same group, some of the groups in the organization we're interested we say, let's you know, let's reorganize. So with them, we we, we form SEMPA, and then some of the the, the gentlemen who are on the because some of them again, they they've been interested in what we're doing, but they haven't really stepped forward and wanted to get really active as we need them to do. And again, what I what again, what we hope to do is provide them that that necessarily, I guess, hand-holding, you would say, of getting engaged with the programs and then training, whatever they need to do to make their their, um, their products you know, uh, eligible to go to, to sell in regular commercial markets.
1: So I keep on hearing all the time in the news, Detroit never gets put played in a good light. <laughs> right, right? And all the, the, the food stuff is talking about how just Detroit needs food. Like, so So, what do you tell me about Detroit from your perspective?
0: Well, well, you, yeah, you, well, you have two different yeah, things that are going on. You do have, um, you know, Detroit has the largest, uh guess you would call it one of the food hubs in the, with Eastern Market. It's been a distributor, a wholesaler, or a retailer, uh, a farmer's market for, for years. Uh, I'm going to say maybe 60, 70 more years. Um, you begin, but typically the, the thing with really the pertains to our guys is they pretty much service the middle to large farmer because again, for them to be able to survive themselves and be able to to be able to um, I guess provide the service they want to do, they have to target a, a market that's sort of already after this movement, where that kind of left the the small guys out out on the field. Now I used to market more recently and say in the last ten years that they've sort of changed and reorganized themselves to to be sort of a new modern market. But unfortunately, when they did that they, again, and not only our farmers, but a lot of the traditional farmers are sort of kind of left behind. Mm. Uh, there, were, there were not only the costs going up, but the requirements they have for you to to to, to market there has changed, and it sort of, you know, it certainly kind of gave some people the the, the wrong rub. And if,
1: how did you get in the food?
0: Well, my, my you
1: got a background in farming. Uh, or? No, actually, I'm, a, I'm probably a, have a background in eating. I would yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a, actually
0: I'm a civil engineer by profession. Oh, cool. But my but my interest has always been in development, economic development, and particularly how how do you revitalize you know uh, vulnerable I mean say low income or poor areas, and so Detroit really was a, a great place to try to, to try to research that. And so, but I got involved further with an organization. We did a farmer's put out a farmer's market and again. The whole issue was to deal with the healthy eating, but it, I was looking at it from a standpoint too of providing our entrepreneurial opportunities for other vendors. So we so we established a farmer's market, and I had a uh, the one gentleman, which is part of our organization, sort of kind of provided us with, with produce, and then uh, then a couple of our. Uh, uh, customers came up and said, "Well, where's your food being sourced from?" And I couldn't really because a lot of stuff, some of the stuff was conventional. Because we, again, from a business standpoint, we had the whole idea was to try to make the thing work, just like what we mentioned with the food system. Make it, but then we can we can, can tell it a detail into work it. But anyway, they asked me about where's the food being sourced for, uh, sourced from, and where we using um, black farmers because I'm in I'm in a poor black community. And I, you know, I thought about it. I said, well, "You know what? I don't know." Well, where, 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 are the, where are the black farmers? I don't know where they were. I didn't even know we had any in the Detroit area. And we did some research with another colleague of mine who has the farmer's market. And we found this, that organization I was telling you about. Uh, met the gentleman. He talked to me. He said, well, I'm going to have a meeting with them. So we went out and I met all these farmers I was telling you about. And I was just amazed of what I saw. I mean, the, the the farm, the size of the farm, the product that they were growing. It was it was incredible. So. That's what got me excited. about. you know, we can work with these guys. Maybe I can work with them to get this farmers' market going, or whatever. Now, since then, my farmers' market sort of defunct. We got couldn't keep the, the labor, keep it going. But I, I felt that I need to kind of work with these farmers to help me get the product going. And, you know, and even with the discussion, that's what I found out with the issue were. You know, uh, no, not not having a market, uh, not comfortable with some of the things that were going on. I said, well, you know, we need to figure out how to get your product out there. People need to know you're here. Uh, they, they all did have. Um, they did have uh, certain customers, like some of them. People would come from the city that knew them and come out to the farm and get get product, or they would do a farm stand on the side of the road. Now, keeping in mind, most of these farmers didn't have to rely on on uh, the, their farm uh, to to survive. Most of them, like they were retired from the auto industry or the postal service or government, so they had uh, retirement funding. This is just something that was a love for theirs. And and the other, well, the other thing I would say, they uh, the average age of our group is roughly 69 years old. So wow. these are gentlemen who've been uh, farming for years doing it their way, which brought a challenge to me because I'm a new guy coming in, not with a real farm history. <laughs> you figure I'm just somebody coming in to try to, I don't know, so, so, it's so what kind of what,
1: what do you do to try and gain that trust to make that well, relationship?
0: well, you know, I, and, and just like anything else, when you want when you want to build trust with somebody, first, you know, when when you you're having meetings, you're trying to talk to people about things, they hear you, but they don't understand you. But the first thing that helped me was when we received a SARE grant because when I got a SARE grant for the group, you know, they said, oh, they realized I was serious. They had to make you know, and I had to see what, let them see what the money was for. Now, of course, they all thought maybe I could give them a check. Now, <laughs> that's the to probably understand, but they realize then that you know, I am, maybe I'm serious about trying to work on their behalf. And then like I said, the other part of it is I, when I've done the research and identified potential clients for them, is you know, even though they haven't met the clients personally, they've they done to realize you know, that they, maybe there's something to this. Maybe he, he is trying to help us out. But the key still is I have to have, and because of that, I have maybe two or three people that are kind of really interested in making this thing work. And so the whole idea now is getting one or two of those to work through this poly food system thing with us go through, go through the whole thing. And I think once we do that, the other six around the table and 35 behind us, they'll start talking. And next thing you know, we have a meeting talking. <laughs> what do we need to do to get our
1: product in? So what's the dream? Let's say 20 years from now, you and I are here and we've got our feet up, we've got a beer. We're, we're, <laughs> like, we're, 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 it's all done. Right? Uh-huh. We've, we've made this world that mm-hmm. looks better. What's it look like to you? Um, food
0: systems like this one I that, that we're trying to create the model for the city of uh, like this at, through every major city uh, keeping in mind what you're doing you're absorbing uh, small rural farmers and you're feeding urban areas with, whether you have urban farms or not in um, having a connection of small farmers throughout you know depending on what the product is creating a, a I see this—I would call it—food system over the food system, where regionally you're bringing product all over the place, and then eventually internationally. Uh, I see—I I would like to see, for example, farmers in the Caribbean benefiting from economic development, importing stuff to the U.S. and you know, and maybe other countries where there's Africa or there's a place in Asia. And I'm looking at, again, I'm looking at uh, countries where right now they import more of the food but they have the potential through the climate where they can grow products that is unique to them to, that they can probably uh, export to the U.S. That way then, so now, so now you, I'm thinking this is gonna be an answer to our global hunger at the same time, global economic development, so. That's 20 years from now, you said? Time. <laughs> I hope, hey, yeah, I, I hope once we get it going, it goes. It, it, you know, it's, it's 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 just a dream, like I said. Uh, it's a beautiful being, dream. I mean, it really is. It's, well, it's a great dream. Well, like I said, economic development is my thing. We got to figure out how, how do we help those less fortunate. You have to give them opportunities. To, usually, you got to give them a, if it's a job first. You got to feed them. You got to be to eat, eat, eat healthy.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, then you have good them, food
1: like, is better than health care in some right, cases. Right, 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 right. right. Well, you won't
0: need it if you really have it. The good food.
1: And I'm with you entirely on. I mean. I uh, my background was in land conservation. Now home, oh. uh mm-hmm. food work with NCAT. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I was like I was a Peace Corps guy. Oh so wow! Talk Where, about, where'd, where'd you go? Um, I was in rural West Africa in oh, Senegal. Oh, oh really? Yeah. I was supposed to go there last year. Oh cool. With um, uh, um,
0: uh, the National Cooperative Association through USAID. Oh cool. Yeah. But I didn't make it, and then I was supposed to go to Mozambique this year. Oh cool. But the organization uh, there was going to somehow, they ran out of funding so they oh, didn't bummer. Go. But, but But I'm actually, you know, I'm working with some people now doing some trade with Angola here yeah. in the US. So, and I'm, what I want to do is establish a farmer to farmer relationship. You know, if you've got a hub in place, now you got somebody who's an entrepreneur just a driver. Well, this hub, the system's gonna need people to do delivery. You, you know, you, you've created a, an entrepreneur. You got create. You can create an entrepreneur doing value-added products, you can create. You know, all kinds of different things where you put people to work, and, and until we, get people to understand that, and particularly in Baltimore, these vulnerable communities. You can do it, but the thing is, if you, don't have, if you don't see that resource that can assist you in doing it, then you, you, you don't think it's there. Well, we're hoping to be, be that, you know, be that, that um, I mean, not, not somebody giving out money, but if you have a plan, we're gonna help carry it out and then let you go to work, you know, and then see what happens, it works fine.
1: So the last question, before, I know we're kind of running out of time and I want to make good on my promise. No, no, that's okay. If you've got one thing to say, a potential funder, what wow. would you tell Ooh. me? <laughs> All right? Like, why would I, I mean, I know why I would fund you. <laughs> right. Well, no, no, but,
0: I, again, I'll just say, just look at the, what, our, what our objectives are, is to try to, uh, uh, is economic development, trying to improve the lives of those who are less fortunate. But doing something fundamental because everybody, again, everybody eats. Everybody. Eats. So there's got to be an opportunity um, somewhere where you can, where you can see actually create an opportunity for people who don't have everything. There's a big gap between where we are and where the the big corporations are. There's a huge gap that's really missing. And right now they don't care about it because you know you're not big enough to cause any impact. So, why why not? It's wide open. Um, like I said, because everybody eats, there's always going to be some kind of food person we just have to we just have to educate those who are buying food from going to the to the fast food places and the processed food places to going to eating healthy healthy foods again and like i said between healthcare, and i think then I, with that with you with you having some indication of the people who are creating their food so now the money that can have, the money circulates within that community and that's where we have to get it And whether it's our community whether it's a, a village some village somewhere over in africa whether it's somewhere in indonesia like i said it doesn't matter Because everybody, when you create their model, it works in their areas. You can find other episodes of ATRA, Voices from the Field, along with ATRA's other sustainable agriculture resources at www.atra.ncat.org. That's www.attra.ncat.org.